Welcome back to Scenes from the Spectrum, episode 14. You know, I think that I think that sound right there makes my week. I don't know about you, but I just love hearing it every single time uh, yeah. we record. That's a close second to hearing Tony on the intro. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, everybody is special. Special feature from our producer, Mr. Tony. Yeah, Tony the producer, producer Tony. Yeah. Fits all the criteria of what a great producer is. <laughs> um, I am Sixers Graham. He's Sixers Justin. Scenes from the Spectrum. Off-season edition here in this august 6th episode it's been kind of dry recently but then we get this bombshell about allegations and then harden signs a contract three weeks later than we thought he would so yeah within a month review it went from there's really not much to talk about not many talking points other than maybe isaiah joe uh in the the summer league in in the summer league but all of a sudden, we have all these tweets and, and allegations and hard contract and tampering with P.J. Tucker. And there's so many things going on at once. Yeah. Where it's, it's, a, it's what the NBA is all about in the offseason. I know we're going to dissect a lot of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this is our first one in August. So shout out to that. Yeah, uh, happy, happy August, everybody. Yeah, waiting for the season to start because I have seen James Harden workout videos. And I got to say, I'm excited. All right, so Tony, hit that music. Let's run through our headlines for today. James Harden has finally put pen to paper and signed his deal, taking a massive pay cut. Woj had something to say about it as he tweeted out uh, tampering investigations into Harden's contract. Also, investigations into the signing of P.J. Tucker and Daniel House bunch of Harden summer workout videos. He looks good. Um, new arena for Center City Philadelphia coming in 2030. Ooh, eight, eight years away, I think that is. And then we're going to drop our predictions for next year or this upcoming upcoming season. So, Graham, how are you doing yes. today? I am doing just fine. Um, yeah. It's a late Friday night. This will be going on a Saturday afternoon, I presume, yeah. whenever Justin can get the editing done. Um, yep. Uh, but, it'll be out. But Saturday at this night. time, at this time, unless something groundbreaking has happened, I am content with the Sixers. You know, I'm, Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not like extremely frustrated like I was this time last season because the way that the Hawks series ended and Ben Simmons was still on the team. I'm still not happy because there's a lot of work to be done. Matisse Thibault still on the team. The supporting cast might not be what exactly you want for Joel and B going into what we think is his third year of his prime. So I am just somewhere in the middle of, of being, you know, not, not too overzealous of we're going to win the whole damn thing, but we're not like, we're not, we're going to make the playoffs. Like we're See, not a Nazi. I, I, yeah. I can't be in the, uh, we're going to win the whole thing mindset anymore because I've done it too many times. I did it with the Al Horford team. I did it with the Jimmy Butler team. I did it when we got James Harden, and, and it's disappointment every time. And, you know, I don't I don't want to feel that disappointment anymore. So I'm lowering my expectations, hoping the Sixers will exceed them. So yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever in my lifetime have an expectation of where the Sixers are going to win the championship. Yeah, because. so 
So it's just, uh, it's just not gonna happen. So for, couple, for my 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 mental well being, Sixers are, are always gonna be eleven seed. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? Two weeks ago, Harden put I don't know. pen to paper like we've all been waiting for. He took a while, you know, had to recover from the party at the Hamptons house, but finally put pen to paper, and wow, a massive pay cut. Uh, Graham, do you know the exact contract it was? I think it's estimated to be around thirty-three million uh, for the first year. Yep, and then he has I a believe. player option in the second year. Yes, and then uh, that'll be uh, looking at now thirty-five point six million, and then he is an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty-four. So as as it seems pretty clear that the Sixers have a two-year window now uh, for yeah. a championship run. So yeah, and uh, got to make is, the most of it. This is kind of what the Sixers front office has been waiting for, honestly. Since the process since the process started, I mean, mm-hmm. you got your team, you got your two superstars in James Harden and, and Joel Embiid, you got a young star in Tyrese Maxey, and you have a a solid team around them, uh, especially with your signings this offseason. But I'm very excited to watch this team. Harden and his, his summer workout videos they they got yeah. me pretty. Ex- I can't lie, watching Harden uh, hoop uh, in in gyms got me very very excited. So looks he's looking like that. That hamstring is healthy now. Yeah, Baller's Life had a video out today with him mm-hmm. and Charles Bassey and Rico Hines. I know he's been working out with the, you know, he's got shooting doctors, the whole nine yards, but his hamstring's healthy to what it looks like. So his hamstring being healthy could be the world for the Sixers. If we can get healthy Harden, we don't know exactly who that is at age 32, but I want to see. I want to see what that looks like beside Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, and uh, James Harden even said it himself. He wasn't feeling 100% with that hamstring injury, and he was still dropping almost a near triple-double every single game. So I expect a big jump this year from last year, especially being fully healthy. But, you know, we'll see. But, um, you know, recent reports have come out in the past week and a half or so of, you know, they're going into a tampering investigation with the Sixers, with uh, one with James Harden's contract uh, and two the – the recent signings tony do you want to do you want to read yeah, the exact Woj tweet does tony does tony have this tweet so the so the listeners viewers wherever you may be we can get the full grasp of this of these allegations all right all right um per Woj, uh the nba has opened an investigation into the philadelphia 76ers for possible tampering and early contact contact and uh, centered on franchise's summer free agency class of james harden pj tucker and daniel house Sixers have begun cooperating with league on probe story soon. All right. So first thing, James Harden was on the Sixers prior. There was obviously always going to be contact between the two because they had an unwritten agreement of what was going to happen down the offseason. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how, in fact, the tampering there, like where's the tampering at? He was on the Sixers under contract with the Sixers. I guess, you know, it ended unofficially, officially ended. And now there was communication. I don't get that part of it. Well, well, the tampering part about James Harden contract is him getting his full forty-seven million, but you know, getting that thirty-three from the team, and then getting the rest of the contract elsewhere, um, maybe from from Michael Rubin or, or or whoever else. But you know, I believe he is getting that full forty-seven million, but not all from the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, there's definitely a big part of that. And it's really 
it's legal now for the Sixers because Ruben is not a part of the yeah. uh, uh, organization and he's not affiliated with the NBA in any manner uh, besides his fanatics deal, which has nothing to do with the Sixers. So I think that, you know, even if they looked into that, it's by, by law technically not tampering because the Sixers yeah. really didn't have, you know, much say in what Ruben does. Maybe if they had, you know, conversations about it with James Harden on record, then there might be a problem. But if there's no way to prove that Harden mm-hmm. is, is with Ruben, the NBA can't do anything about uh, the Sixers with Harden. Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker might be a different story. Uh, there, was al- there was always tampering with yeah. P.J. Tucker. Um, I, and I, I think that there was a lot, of, a lot of people in the free agency class that had the same type of deal with, with Tucker, that they were linked way before they signed. Uh, and the Sixers seemed to be the only team you know, getting you know Woj tweet about them. Well, yeah, I have a, I have a a strong opinion on tampering and how the NBA handles it, and I think and I I really believe the NBA handles tampering like a joke. Uh, they pick and choose who they want to investigate, which this year it's the Sixers and the New York Knicks with Jalen Brunson. I mean, there's ta- everybody tampers. Um, you can see it ten minutes out of when free agency starts. DeAndre Jordan gets signed in two minutes. Uh, Jalen Brunson news gets broken right away. So he's getting um, investigated. But all these players who who signed within the first 15 minutes of free agency, that's tampering. They've been tampering weeks prior. It makes no sense why the NBA just picks and chooses who they get a whole investigation into. I mean, why not get a whole investigation into DeAndre Jordan going to the Nuggets five minutes into free agency. It makes no sense. And they do it every single year. They pick and choose. And it's very frustrating, especially when it's your own team. Yeah. And I I get like tampering is a thing. Like we're not denying that it doesn't exist. It does. Everybody does it. There's, there's hypocrisy from the association, from the NBA and the fact that, you know, they only target a certain amount of, of people, you know, per off season, it seems like there's always there's always a story. I know the Bucks had a tampering issue, the Heat had a tampering issue, the Lakers back in the day had a tampering issue, but it's always just one or two teams, a handful of teams. But there's also nine or ten guys that sign within the first twenty minutes of free agency. So you know, the cards don't always you know fit the deck in the fact that the NBA, like you said, picks and chooses who who they want to uh, who they want to investigate, who they want to make these allegations towards and always seems like they're trying to, you know, do something to a team. So other teams in the, in, you know, next year will not make the same mistake, but it never works. You know, they're trying to make Mm -hmm. an example out of the bucks or trying to make an example out of the heat. And this year they're trying to make an example out of the Sixers, but year after year, there's the same allegations of tampering that the NBA just can't fix. So it seems like their tactic of trying to scare teams away from tampering just isn't working and they need to move away from it very quickly. Well, I think a huge problem is the punishment. The punishment is very soft. I mean, I guess a second round pick or a fine, but contending teams, when they're trying to compete for a championship, they are not worried about their precious second round pick. So I think definitely if if you really want to crack down on tampering, you have to, you know, improve the punishment. Um, go after a um, millions of dollars, maybe, maybe even looking into a first round pick being taken away, depending yeah, on look, how bad it is. And this is this is something that I've noticed. It maybe like the Sixers don't have a lot of first round picks to begin with. 
Mm-hmm. Second round picks is basically their draft capital for the next couple of years. And so maybe they're going after the Sixers knowing that they could take away a second round pick and that'll be the most uh, out of anybody. You know, they're not going to take away something from the Thunder uh, if they had tampering because they have seven first round picks. What's, what's that punishment going to be like? But when the Sixers, when you have very small amount of first, first round picks and your second round picks is, you know, 80% of your draft capital for the next six years, maybe that's when they go and look at the Sixers or look at the Knicks for a mm-hmm. team like that. That's something that I, I've noticed uh now that it's been the Sixers when it's other teams you haven't really looked that deep into it but now when you when it's actually your team and you think about a second round pick being taken away yeah it might look minuscule but it's also like pick number 34 you know if you're you're not deep into the second round uh if you're a contending team either so I think that aspect of it is a little tricky um mm-hmm. and even like if you're the guy if you're a prospect you know and you're projected to go 60th what do you do right that's that's a weird situation to be in. yeah so, I mean, if I had to put my input in of how the NBA should handle it, I mean, I feel like they should launch a full investigation on every single free agent taken in the first 30 minutes of free agency because, you know, what do you think? They're calling them at, right at 6 o'clock and saying, hey, let's get a deal done. No, they've been talking for weeks and weeks. So, you know. Yeah, I think I think you should have like a free agency start and then there's three days of a dead period where there no signings could possibly happen. And then you have, you know, a 6 p.m. signing can officially happen. I think there needs to be about two, three days of, you know, free agency begins where they can consult, they can talk. And then you have, you know, that type of dead period. Then at 6 p.m., just like a normal free agency, then you have the signings come in. I think it'd be a lot more practical in the fact that the signings will come in, boom, 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 boom. And the teams will have to react very quickly and and work Mm -hmm. on their toes. I would be way more entertaining uh, to have, you know, not just DeAndre Jordan the first 15 minutes, but someone that's more of like a, like a bigger name maybe um, that's not just re-signing. So I think that'd be interesting to see. Um, but that, that's just my take on it. I think a dead period uh, is, is the way to combat mm-hmm. this because nothing they've tried to do has worked. Yeah, I mean, taking, around, taking away a second-round pick really does not scare a lot of teams, uh, especially the contenders. So they're going to do whatever it takes to improve their team. And that's what kind of everybody does. I mean, Jalen Brunson's contract got leaked weeks before free agency even yeah. opened. I I think During it's the season. They, people were talking about he was going. Yeah, I just I just think it's it's the NBA handles this very poorly. And <laughs> please step it up. If 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 you're going to if you're going to punish two teams, you got to punish them all. I don't think players should get fined for tampering. One last thing on tampering. Players should not get fined for tampering. Absolutely. Um, if 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 LeBron wants to go out on Twitter and, you know, at Joel Embiid, I want you on the Lakers tomorrow, he should not be able to get fined for that. Mm-hmm. That's just players speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you look at Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. In the NBA, that'd be a full-on tampering investigation. So Absolutely. I think that it's good for players to tamper. I like that. Players have been tampering. Look yeah, at Damian Lillard and, exactly. and, and um, Kevin Durant posting that yep. right on his Instagram story. That's right. And I, I think that that's good. I, I like players tampering. That creates a little bit of a drama. Uh, yeah, but when, it, when it's the owners, when it's the general managers, the coaches, I understand if the NBA wants to look into it, but they got to find a different punishment or mm-hmm. work ways around it. Like I said, a dead period where there's really no, there's no point of tampering if you're just going to have a two-day period where you can't sign. So – yeah, uh, I, just, I think I, I think that's one way to combat that because the NBA right now with tampering is a mess. 
Yeah, literally any team can get away with it. I mean, obviously they pick and choose one or two teams every season, but it's just it's just a joke. I mean, if 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 not two, just everybody, every yeah. single signing in the first thirty minutes, you have to look into that. But you know, that's our take on uh, on the tampering investigation and how the NBA handles it. Uh, let's move on to uh, the new arena opening okay. up in uh, Center City, Philadelphia in the year 2030. What are your thoughts on that? So I don't live in the Philadelphia area currently, mm-hmm. but in 10 years, I most likely will be. So this kind of does affect me. But first, I want to get your take on it because Tony lives. Yep, I not, live. I live. You live in I don't know what I live, I live 15, we're saying. <laughs> he lives live on the other Jersey. side of Philadelphia. Than just I live now. like in like an hour away. Let's yeah, I live way. I live 15 minutes away from Philadelphia, okay. so it's it's so right get, over the bridge for so me. So we get three um, we get three different opinions. So, so you you guys so come from opposite sides. My, Justin, what, what do you got? What do you got? So my opinion is, for this to work, they have to put a lot of work into transportation and parking. Um, as many people know, Philadelphia's train system is one of the worst in the country, maybe even the world. Uh, and people try to avoid the train system at all costs. So I would say completely change the train system, improve it, clean it up so people can feel comfortable uh, in the in the subway and, and riding the trains. I mean, it's really not that hard. And parking, you know, I guess it's kind of like Madison Square Garden. I went there. Um, this winter but uh parking was was hard uh and in new york and that's going to be a huge problem for this new upcoming arena i mean you got you're right in the middle of center city philadelphia there's really no open lots or anything so they're gonna have to tear something down and build a giant parking lot but i'm i'm, I'm obviously excited for the new arena um but the only thing that scares me is the transportation yeah and the other thing about about that is you're two blocks away from Chinatown uh, and mm-hmm. the fact that you can't drive through there. Um, yeah. So I, I, that, that creates a whole nother, you know, three blocks where you, you can't drive vehicles. Um, there's already traffic. There's already a lot of traffic. Yeah. There's already Spanish a lot of traffic. And then, and then, you know, you're right in the heart of Chinatown. Uh, so that makes it even more difficult. So for me, it seems like from the outside looking in, it seems like they don't want you to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like a plan of, we're gonna you're gonna take the bus you can take the train whatever it might be uh and they're gonna have to improve that they've got eight years to do so mm-hmm. but it seems like they're discouraging the driving from to me maybe if you're in jersey like if you're in tom's river you drive 30 minutes to a train station then catch the train maybe uh that's kind of you know you got to drive a good a good ways to a train station then catch it to philadelphia um, but that's what it looks like to me. Doesn't seem like it's a good idea even to drive at this point. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try. It's like, it, it's, it's like a, the Miami heat where nobody's there in the first quarter. That's what I feel like it's going to be. And, ev- like, and, and, and for playoff games, everybody's like, why, why is nobody there right now? Right. Right. Everybody replies. Traffic. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, like the Dodgers, like nobody's there in the first inning. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna it's gonna be something similar to that, which is I I hate that I, I like good atmospheres pregame. Uh, yeah, because like, at Wells Fargo link, Center, it's the link packed. is like for for like first quarter atmosphere. Nothing's better than the link, Absolutely. and you can't take that away from Philadelphia. And the Sixers Wells Fargo Center is the same thing. So uh, I you gotta have the energy there, and I'm afraid that with you know the amount of people that take cars, 
um, that have been taking cards to Sixers games for the last 35 years are not going to change their ways uh, in, in, you know, all of a sudden take a bus or take a train uh, to Center City for, for all that matter. Um, so I, I think that's it's a big question mark that the Sixers have to answer. And look, it's just, it's just a proposal at this point. Um, I don't even know if it'll get passed. Most likely it will because mm-hmm. the lease with the Flyers is coming up on Wells Fargo at that time, uh, which is kind of dumb. But uh, I, I think that if it does get passed, there's a lot of other things outside of the arena arena building uh, that you got to worry about if you're the Sixers and, and the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, and, and uh, Tony, if you want to come up here and show yourself and give your opinion on it. Uh, you guys kind of covered a lot of it. Um, I liked all the uh, Philly sports teams being in South Philly. I thought that was um, kind of not like iconic. I thought it was kind of like recognizable, I guess, um, for Philly. I don't like Center City as someone who has to drive to games because I'm not from Philly. Um, if this is past, proposed, built, or whatever, um, I don't really like the idea um, of having to like drive somewhere, then like catch a train somewhere in this into the city. Um, I liked being able to just you know drive there, park there, and I could leave from the stadium. Um, but I mean, if they if they do it right, I mean it should be fine. Um, I also don't like the name. Uh, I don't remember it offhand, but I know it was bad. Yeah, what is the name? Uh, it was like seven. It was like seven six place or something. Or Pal- oh yeah. yeah, it was. Yep. There is. You can't tell me your best men can come up with <laughs> just that. You know? Yeah, they need but, us. Seems yeah, respectful. Yeah. Like, I, I could have come up with something better. Yeah. I don't have anything right now. But <laughs> they should have I mean, put us I, on the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it should have. It should have been. There should have. There should have been something you could yeah. like pulled. You know city or whatever but yeah like the whole point of all the sports complex being in south philly is that you don't have to go to center city to watch a sporting event you can bypass that if you're from south jersey if you're from allentown uh you can bypass all of that uh when you're when you're going to a game so i think that's kind of uh the issue for a lot of a lot of people are saying is like we like to where it was in south philly because the whole point of it being in South Philly is we didn't have to go through all that. Um, and yeah, the parking and get, lot is huge. Like a Phil's game, you've got a parking lot for the Eagles. you got a parking lot for the Sixers and Flyers you can use. Uh, for an Eagles game, it's the same way. you got three parking lots, essentially, that you can use for one game. So that, yeah, that's like, a like huge yesterday, deal. Like yesterday, I went to the uh, the Phillies game that got rained out, and I parked, I parked in the, uh, at the link. Yeah. I mean – But um, I, I, understand, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to create uh, an MSG-like – atmosphere with it being right smack dab in the middle of the city but you know at new york's subway system is miles better than than philadelphia so yes i i believe it's a good idea i'm i would be i'm very excited for a new stadium i do, i don't want to share with the flyers anymore because you know <laughs> they're the flyers but um bad, bad mojo yeah yeah but um no, I just I think it's time for a new stadium. They've been playing and there I, for for a long I time. Underst- I understand what they're doing because look, at the end of the day, you got to move to where your fan base is, and that's what yeah. we're seeing. That's what we're seeing. Like the Oakland Raiders, they moved to Las Vegas, and that's where their fan base was. I mean, they had a fan base in Las Vegas. The uh, the Atlanta Braves, they moved from Center City outside to Marietta or Smyrna, if you want to be technical. But that's where their 
their their fan base wasn't necessarily in Fulton County. They were in Cobb County, which is just outside in the suburbs. So uh, you got to move to where your fan base is. I think the Sixers, they have a big fan base in in the center of Philadelphia. When you're an NBA team, the Atlanta Hawks have the same thing. Their their NBA arena is in Center City for them. Uh, so you got to move to where your fan base is. The Knicks do the same thing. Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden, the Yankees have a fan base in the Bronx. That's where their stadium is. The Mets have a fan base in Queens. That's where their stadium is. So I, I think that's that's some part of it. And you got to look at like the Phillies and Sixers don't always have the same fan base. You know, the Phillies they have a, a bit more broader range of, of South Philadelphians, people you know out more in the country than the Sixers would in in more urban areas. So that's that's a big thing between MLB and NBA, and it might not be practical to have them in the same you know area. Uh, because you do have two different fan bases, even though 50, 60% of them might be the same. Not everybody is the same in that regard. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. If you look at the pros uh, to move it in the center city, but I like the, I like the arena. I think the arena is going to be beautiful. So uh, I, I I'm, think it's going to so be excited for it. It's going to be top class. Uh, any new NBA arena is, is fantastic. Like I went like the Hawks arena. They just built a couple years ago. It's like a nightclub experience. Like it's beautiful. Um, so I like that aspect of it, uh, and but it, it's going to be great. It's just how accessible will it be? Uh, that's the big thing. Yeah, and they have they have eight years, eight years to work on it, and you know if they do it the right way, it'll be perfect. Yeah. So um, yeah, new stadium coming soon. Uh, moving on to uh, our last, our last uh, kind of subject for the day, and that's. Our predictions for this upcoming season um, could be anywhere from Sixers to or to anywhere in the NBA. Graham, you wanna you wanna take this? I have a prediction, um, and it's gonna be John Moran is a top five MVP candidate. First one, I think it's pretty easy for me. The guy's been taking leaps every year, um, mm-hmm. and I know it's not Sixers related, but John Moran is one of my favorite players. I gotta say this: there's been so much Jai hate the last couple of weeks. Seems like you either love him or you hate him. People are, are are saying all these Trey Young debates, but Ja, the way he plays, his ceiling is so high with the fact that he can knock down an open shot. He's virtually unguardable when he goes downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, his defense obviously needs some work, but you can get away with it. You can hide bad defense when you need to. But he's athletic. He can he can block shots, which is a big thing for him, and he can dunk. I mean, what more can you say? You're electric. Oh yeah, um, he can dunk. And this is the big thing. This is a big thing. I think the Grizzlies could sneak away with like a top three seed. Uh, they've still got a really good core around John Morant. And when you're a high seed in that Western Conference and you're the best best player on a, on a good team, your name's in the MVP. So I'm going to say John Morant, top five MVP. I have a, I've kind of, I don't, I wouldn't think you would call this a, a hot take, but um, Joel Embiid and James Harden will be top five in MVP wow. throughout the first three months of the season. Okay. Okay, so you you're saying like a Sixers get off to a three, oh, yeah. three and eight start. Oh yeah, they're gonna get off. I I I think the Sixers get off to like one of their best starts in franchise history. Yeah, so they're gonna win about like thirty five of their first forty two games. Mm-hmm. I would and, like that. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do to James Harden and Joel Embiid, and you know I think yeah I think there is a it could be more than one or or two times where Embiid and Harden are in the, both in the MVP race, but. You know, another another take that I have is Embiid will finally win MVP this year. Okay, I like that. I think I think that's 
kind of a given. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think Jokic could possibly yeah, win it a third time in a row. Uh, I think this is Embiid's year. Obviously, there's players who can compete with him for that, but I see another 30 points per game year out of Joel Embiid, and I, I see a, a near triple double year for James Harden. I'm gonna say for this one, Sixers related. Jaden Springer towards the last month of the season will be averaging Ooh. around 15 minutes per game. Ooh. See, you like to think that, but you got to remember your coach is Doc Rivers. 15 minutes per game last month of the season. Your coach is Doc Rivers. When you need when you need someone like Jaden Springer, <laughs> you need someone like Jaden Springer. Yeah, um you know, Isaiah Joe will average more than eight points per game this year. Okay, <laughs> nice. That's a good one. Um, off the top of my head, the last one I had written down, and mm-hmm. now this one this one might haunt some people, but I'm oh, going to say Uh-oh. Westbrook, LeBron, and AD figure it out top four oh, seed in the West. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Am I you know, wrong to say that, that? Am I wrong to say oh, that? You top are four. absolutely wrong to say that. Top four, top four seed in the absolutely West. not. If they figure it, if if they figure it out, only, they're going to be only if they figure it out. And I'm saying they will. Absolutely, I'm absolutely saying, be top four seed. I'm saying they'll figure it out. Well, I'm. I, I mean, I guess I'm not the best person to ask because I'm very biased towards LeBron. I love LeBron to death. I like. Yeah. I like Russ a lot. AD. I, you know, I don't. I don't really him. care for. I don't really care for Russ. Uh, I like Russell. I like Russ a lot. So I'm gonna say um, they will figure things out and sneak in top four seed. You know that's a that's a that's a very that's a very good take. Um, they they have a very solid team. I mean, you got three super. I mean, okay, if they I can stay it. healthy, if they can stay healthy, and healthy. LeBron, and LeBron healthy. can still can still be like a point forward. You think be good? you think you still you think you still see LeBron in the MVP conversations? Yeah, I mean he's gonna be top ten, no doubt. Yeah, AD. I think if he's healthy, be, I think he's gonna be top three defensive player of the year alongside Giannis and Joel. If he's healthy, but yeah. you know that that that's it for like a lot of teams. You know, if you're healthy, yeah, you're you're gonna compete. And injuries really suck. Um, uh, I have a this is a this is a bad take, not a bad take, but like a scary take. Um. I think you know there's always a team who gets caught with the injury bug every year, mm-hmm. and um, the Boston Celtics, um, I believe, they will catch an injury bug, especially with Malcolm Brogdon on their team. Um, I don't know why. I just think I think the Celtics might catch a little injury bug midseason. Um, Tony, do we do we have an, do we have a, a hot take here before we move on? Because I have one about one of our good friends' favorite teams about the Pistons. Before before I speak on, on the Pistons. Come on the screen. Come on the screen, Tony. Before I speak on the Pistons. I don't have like a hot, hot take. Um, I think give I just your, looked at the odds an, right now. Give me an outrageous take. Uh, I think the Clippers are coming out of the West. Ooh, Plus okay. 340 odds, second second in the West. Oh, you're betting on it. I'm just betting man. Don't even get me started on that. I love, I love PG, man. Hopefully everyone's healthy. Him and Kawhi, I don't see how, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think they'll be 
I mean, they got John Wall. I mean, I think they're going to be nice. They have a lot of. Okay, lot of okay. Right, okay. Don't, don't act like, like okay. John, don't John Wall's like nice. John, John Wall's like. Me. Don't act like John Wall's going to move. Respect, me. respect him. Respect him. Respect him. <laughs> John no, Wall, dude, he no. got injured falling down in this house. <laughs> it happens to everyone. It happens to the best of us, man. He Come had on. a Steve Nash injury. Come on, man. What was I mean, Steve Nash? Nash Steve Nash retired because he hurt his back moving luggage. Oh my god. I don't. I don't even remember that. If I. Now we make TikTok videos. One for the Sixers. Uh, I think they have uh, three All Stars this year. Okay, I like that. That's very yeah. That's that's I like that. very realistic. We'll, right. we'll we'll get some maxi All Star buzz at least. I have a okay. I have my last take that I have. Um, <clears throat> it's a special somebody who's gonna have the best year of his career. Somebody who gets a lot of hate on the Sixers team, but. You know, oh, God. comes in strong. Oh, God. Mr. Tobias Harris okay, is going okay. to have the best year of his career in 2022-2023. I don't – so we're going to have four – or, or is he going to be the third <laughs> the all-star? Team, the whole team is going to be the all-star. Team's gonna be all-star. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Matisse Leibel for a second. Um, oh, no. I lie. will never <laughs> give you Matisse Leibel propaganda. Yeah. So if he has the best year of his career, how many all-stars do we have? Four? Three. So, so Tyrese. I don't think think Maxi gets an All Star this year. I think he does. Last one for me. Pistons make the playoffs. They have a great future. I'm I'm actually make the playoffs. That backcourt of uh, Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey. That's gonna that's gonna be very very fun to watch. Yeah. So shout out Sixers D. Pistons Pistons make the playoffs. Actually, you know what? I I think I have one more, Mm -hmm. and it kind of has to do with the Clippers. But I'm going to say, we talked about top five MVP. I'm going to say Paul George up there with John Morant, top five MVP. See, I feel like we talk about Paul George every year, and we always say he's going to be an MVP conversation. He is. He's very good. It's Kawhi's team. It's Kawhi's team. But Paul George is the best player. I can't respect Kawhi's team. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'll I'll never respect Kawhi again. So. Oh, my gosh. Tony's freaking out right now. Just say it, Tony. Did you say? Did you say Paul George is the best player on that team? I think I think Paul George will be the best player on the team. Yeah, suck it up during oh, the season. During, the season. during next season, I don't think that's too much of a hot take. He might have. I mean, Paul George will definitely have the better numbers. Maybe you can be like intangible wise. Kawhi Leonard does I mean, X, Y, and Z. I, I, I think I think Kawhi's but gonna have the better numbers. Tony I mean, is very offended by Kawhi. That. Might I love, have. I love Paul George, but I mean, I'm, Kawhi's gonna have the better VORP. But uh, I think that, oh. I think that oh Paul George, God. you're right. sick. Right. You are sick. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, PG PG could easily average twenty eight. Oh, he could easily. Have he a could, better, yeah. He will he, also he see could, Paul, he could easily have a better season than Kawhi, and you know, yeah. if I have to lean towards a player, I'll I'll lean towards PG. His defense is oh, still man. there. Why are you so offended, there. Tony? Don't get I'm not so offended. I'm not offended. I'm not. Offended. I'm just. Uh huh. Just when it comes playoff time, when it comes playoff time, that's, Kawhi that's will be the right, better player. Right. If that's what I'll, you want to hear, I'll give Kawhi, you. I'll give Kawhi you. in the playoffs will be sure, better than Paul George. Sure, sure, sure. I Over think a span of eighty-two games, give me Paul George. Do we have any other hot takes, T- Graham? I got a cu- I got a couple sizzling in my brain. Um, Knicks won't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, really I don't. Take. I don't really think that's. A hot I, don't, take. I don't know if that's a hot take. Um. <laughs> I got a future take. A future. Uh, okay, let's see. What's your future take? 
Pistons will win an NBA championship in six years. All right. I mean, okay, okay. I mean, what can we say about that? Yeah, like, we can't, can't disagree. Like, no, I just said I got a future take. All right, that's that's gonna be a nice Twitter clip in six years when they win. I just you gotta keep that. I, I just you gotta remember it. Right? <laughs> you better not delete that file when you change your PC. Um, <laughs> you got another one? Um, there's so many in my mind because I want to talk about the Miami Heat. Um, and I really don't like talk about players regressing. But Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler's yeah, gonna have yeah, a bad year. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think Jimmy Butler. It's might. bound. It's bound to happen. It's. It's really. It's bound to happen sooner or later. But I. Yeah. I. I agree with you. I rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Oh, I'm bi- I'm very biased because I'm a huge Duke fan. Okay, so Paolo. Paolo. Yeah. All right. All right. Tony. You said Jay Nivy, you're cooked. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying Jaden. Jaden Ivey will be the best player out of this draft. He he could be. I don't I, think he'll have. A, I don't think he'll have a good start I, to the season. I, I believe he'll have the best career out of this draft. That, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, rookie of the year. Give me give me Chet. I guess. Chet. Wow. Chet. Wow. Okay. Wow. When when Embiid I don't like is, him, but he, he's when Embiid is good. bullying him in the post. It, look, Embiid's Embiid's generational player man not everyone's like that i'm pretty sure anybody could you know back him down on the post but uh, you know chet does have some fantastic it's got a great skill, set. Yeah, great yeah. skill set. so i think uh i think bencher will will win uh rookie of the year but like you said ivy will be the best player out of the draft that's true i think that's that's possible but the most underrated player and a player that we should talk about a lot more, but we don't when we talk about this draft class. And in three years, we'll be re- reminded about how, how good this player is, is Keegan Murray. I feel like... Keegan for, Murray's a very slept-on player. I, only, I, I feel like only because he was taken before I, Ivy. Yes. When you look at when you look at Paolo Chet, Jabari Smith, Jay Nivey, and Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray is by far the least talked about. And I think that he is up to par. He was the oldest player in the draft, right? And I, I I think that uh I, I think he could he could have I mean candidacy wise maybe not win rookie of the year but be top three I, he's gonna he's gonna step in to to that Kings team and just be good right away so I think yeah, but, uh, it's, but it's like what are the Kings doing it, it actually helps us case out because he's gonna have a lot of shots to take yeah so. It's going to be interesting to see, but I think that he is by far the most slept-on player in this draft. No, but, I, yeah, like you I said, a agree. lot of it has to do because I yeah, I I think like most yeah, like ninety-five percent of it has to do with because he was taken before Ivy, and everybody thought Ivy should be taken before him. Which I personally think that Ivy should uh, be in Sacramento right now, but you know, who knows? Who knows if Keegan Murray will be that guy for them? I have I have another one. Um, right. at, two two, two more? off the dome, off the dome. But I, this is a question I'm going to ask you guys off the dome. Okay. Off the um, dome. Out of all the offseason moves, trades, signings, etc., draft picks, which one do you think will will work out least for a team? Uh, I have one I, in mind. I think it's I, the Timberwolves trading for Gobert. I think that could be a, that, that could be a disaster with all Listen, the picks that Utah you, got. All I know is that. The Timberwolves' future is very, is like in danger, in in great in great danger. They traded away all their young guys, all their picks, and I I don't even think they're going to reach the Western Conference Finals. 
I really don't think they will. Not this year. Uh, when Anthony Edwards, you know, steps into his prime, maybe if they still have that core together. But even then, no, I think you don't know. You don't know how well Rudy will be or D'Angelo Russell. I just hate uh, Rudy Gobert. I really just. I. I, I no. personally, I hate Rudy Gobert. So. Yeah, I, I respect his game, uh, but I, you know, is definitely not my favorite player. Uh, but I, I just think that it's weird. You know, that go bear card that I'm gonna I, throw in the trash. Rudy Rudy on the Timberwolves <laughs> just feels weird to me. Uh and I don't I don't I don't get good vibes. So I think No, I don't. I if it's weird that, when you look at that and the, and the and the draft picks, it's just well I think I think Cat uh might have one of the worst defensive seasons of all time. Um him being at the four. I mean he's he's literally gonna get cooked all year long and i get it you have rudy gobert a great rim protector but outside of the paint rudy gobert is a horrible defender so i, I against I, the timberwolves I, might be the only time tobias harris's you know two dribble pull up from the mid-range might absolutely work. listen all you listen this is my game plan for the timberwolves right and i and i feel like it would work all every time go small ball yeah tobias is gonna drop 34 against the timberwolves put pj tucker at the five and we're running small ball when Embiid's on the bench. Toby, Toby four, Toby four. We're gonna mm-hmm. run. The, we're gonna run the smallest lineup possible, and it's gonna destroy Cat and with and Embiid on the bench. Or do we put Embiid at the two? Put Embiid at the one. He's always said he wanted <laughs> yeah, to play point guard. It, yeah, put Embiid <laughs> hard and small forward and Maxi at shooting guard. Yeah, fourth wow. quarter lineup in my opinion. I think any small ball lineup could dominate that Timberwolves team. Yeah, yeah. They they will be a mess defensively against smaller teams. That's all. I, that's all I know. Because uh, cat cat was never a good defender, and he's going to be even worse trying to guard fours. Yeah. So is that is that all we have? Do it, Tony. Are you going with the Timberwolves, or do you have another move in the offseason that you feel like is going to blow up in the team's face? Um, and just like trades or like or signing free. draft pick whatever. Uh, DeAndre Jordan to the Nuggets. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it gets worse than that, man. Is that is he is he their backup? Center? I think I think so. I'm pretty sure he I still mean, is. That's tragic. That's that, actual. That's actually tragic. I mean, like they did it for so Andy Bailey can tweet about Jokic's on off. They're gonna be insane. <laughs> I saw that. They, they might break I records. I'm not gonna lie. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet saying they only signed DeAndre Jordan so Jokic's on and off numbers look better, and they're gonna look way better this year. Because you know, obviously, everybody knows how much of a train wreck DeAndre Jordan is. You saw it against the Heat in the playoffs. Oh, he sucks. Year. He sucks. He's so, so bad. bad. Tony, you got any more hot takes? Any predictions for this upcoming season? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Graham, any from you? Um, I, I think I've said all of them. Uh, the hottest out of them all, I think, is the Lakers one. Yeah, absolutely, and. The Lakers last year and and this year have the biggest question mark in the league. I, I believe. So. Honestly, I feel like they're kind of written off for this season. A lot of a lot of people are not talking. Oh, about everybody's the out on them, but yeah, you know, but they're they're a question mark for me personally. Um, I just you, you you make it fit and and things will work out in your favor. So the team with the biggest question mark going in to to the season. I think it's the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I what happened? What happened at the end of last season to in their playoff? That was embarrassing. That right. Was very, very embarrassing for the Phoenix Suns. And obviously, if I was Chris Paul or 
or Devin Booker, I'd be I'd be very angry. But I mean, nobody to blame but themselves. Uh, they let it happen. That's why it's so hard for a one seed to to go all the way. Yeah, I think uh, is that is that everything, Graham? I, that's all I have. Any more hot takes from anybody else? I got mine all out. I think Tony's good. He's shaking his head down there. You guys can't see him, but we can. But thank you everybody for making it this far in episode 14 of Scenes from the Spectrum off-season edition. Uh, make sure you're following all of our socials. Um, we're going to put a link tree in the bio. You'll find all our socials, but down in that bottom left corner, you'll find our Instagram, SFTS Podcast underscore, and our Twitter, SFTS Podcast. Thank you guys for watching this far, and we will see you possibly next week. Uh, <laughs> scheduling conflicts, guys. Scheduling conflicts always mess us up, but Thank you guys so much and uh, have a good one.